She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. So I'm lying there, Zoom's on, got my earphones on. And she's like, okay, I'm going to blow serpent into your first chakra. And I'm like, holy shit, I felt that. (laughs) And then... Peacock feather. And she gets up from her desk, because we're on Zoom, and she goes, walks away, comes back, you mean like this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Talking to the the gatekeeper of the underworld, and I'm like, dude, you're all fractally, and this is confusing. He goes, yeah, you're on ayahuasca. <laughs> Get used to it. It's going to be a little weird here. I realized as you were saying that, I was like, oh, I just thought that he had been growing on me after all this time, but it turns out he actually did a shit ton of work on himself to become awesome. (laughs) Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. We got a great episode for you today. Oh my god, we do. We bring back apparently our favorite guest because I think this is his fourth time on the podcast. Zach Poitra, our teacher and awesome friend. We talk about a kind of new branch of work that he's been focusing on over the last year, which is energy medicine. Uh, He's been studying with the Four Winds Society, which is founded by Dr. Alberto Villodo who um, teaches a very specific brand or branch of shamanism. And it's been so amazing to watch Zach integrate some of these new practices and new tools into the work that he was already doing. Which is plant medicine, if you don't know. Zach is an ayahuascaero. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to talk about this for a really long time. So we have a wonderful conversation about this new modality that he's providing and we both have received work because it is primarily one-on-one work and we have both received work from him around that and it's been super powerful for both of us and uh, we wanted to give Zach a chance to talk us through it and we end up going in all sorts of directions as always it was a great conversation let's get into it let's get into it hello far out people Hello, everybody. Welcome. We have a special guest in our house today. In the house. He's our good friend and our teacher, Zach Poitra. Welcome, Zach. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So nice to have you back on the podcast. You have been... Actually, you're probably one of the most recurring guests... Yeah, you, I think I think you. Yeah, you, I think you're <laughs> the person true. that's yeah, been on the podcast like, what, the most. Four, I think. Maybe that sounds right. Uh, yeah, yeah, number four. So yeah, thanks nice. for being here. Yeah, we have uh, we 
have been wanting to have this conversation for a while. It's actually been on my to-do list for a long time, so I'm glad mm. it's finally happening. Yeah. You've been working mm. a lot with energy medicine yes. in the past year, and yes. we have wanted to do a conversation about this because both Alistair and I have received sessions from you, uh-huh. and it's been super dope, and apparently we... We need to experience the newer version of it that you're, you know, like as you're continuing yeah. to journey with it, it's yeah. evolving. But I'd love to hear, first and foremost, what is energy medicine? Is that a good place to begin? How would you describe this in simple terms? And then we're going to spend the rest of the episode unpacking it. Sure. Uh, so energy medicine put forth by Dr. Alberto Violdo who uh, founded the, the Four Wind Society, mm-hmm. and they have training programs and, and retreats and all this sort of thing. And it has a fair amount of basis in the uh, Cairo tradition from the Andes in Peru. Um, that said, he is not shy about bringing in other viewpoints and practices from Eastern you know, Buddhist traditions, uh, yogic traditions, and also bringing in Western psychology and so forth. Uh, so he, he does this really good job of blending all of these, these modalities together. And the idea is we have the physical issues that we all go through, and that's not what energy medicine focuses on. Mm. Uh, energy medicine focuses on these traumas, these uh, patterns and so forth that we all have, that uh, we are all aware of to varying degrees, the need to be released, or <laughs> it would serve us to be released. Mm-hmm. And they are also affecting us physically. Mm-hmm. However, it's really important if you have something physically wrong with you, go see a doctor. The energy medicine can help that healing process uh, accelerate because we're, the energy medicine is energetically setting the conditions for healing. So you can use it in that context of, oh, I'm sick. I need to go to a doctor and do energy medicine work to figure out where the trauma came from that may have stimulated mm. this physical issue. The other way to go is using it as a preventative mm. Um, that is recognizing one's patterns before they cause physical issues. Mm-hmm. And that's the best I can do off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's such a, uh, it's, it's a, definitely a shamanic practice uh, and it's working with your energetic field, working with um, your chakras and so forth and essentially cleaning them out. But that's the best I can do. And we, I think we need to go a little bit further in the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. to get yeah, totally. a better understanding. It sounds like from this perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, is it believed that the energy patterns are kind of maybe underneath the physical ailments that come up and that's actually a symptom of a deeper energetical pattern? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes, and not always. I mean, they're, they're, you, know, you get exposed to some sort of pathogen, and <laughs> that's the problem. Right? Yeah, yeah. Although you could argue that, yeah, there's something wrong with your immune system. They didn't allow you to defend against right. it. But the core, or one of the core ideas, I wouldn't say the core idea, is that you have, we all have this energetic field 
that is like a torus around us. Now, he wouldn't be the first one to say this. There are many systems that, that talk about the energetic field that, that is like a big donut around us. And then when we encounter trauma in our lives or even previous lives, um, there is an imprint, what is called an imprint that gets installed in the field. And it starts out at the edge of the field. Mm -hmm. And then it starts moving closer and closer and closer. As it gets closer, it will start to impact uh, our emotions, our thought thought patterns. It will, which in turn, um, sometimes cause us to go unconscious and do things we don't want to do, mm. and go, "Oh shit, I just did that thing that I hate doing, but I keep doing it over and over again." And then eventually, as the imprint gets closer and closer to the physical body, it can start impacting the physical. Mm. Uh, manifesting in various diseases like, you know, cancer is always a good scapegoat for this <laughs> type <laughs> yeah, of conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this is just for my own curiosity, but any any uh, proposed reasons as to why the imprint moves closer to the physical mm. body? Hmm. Um, because it could like it could kind of stay in that spot in the field. What's like drawing it? Closer. I wonder if it's. I, I. I don't have an answer to that question. Okay. Um. It may be just momentum, mm. and it may also be energy likes to feed off of like energy, and so it can. It'll start. Oh, it'll yeah. want to feed on whatever energy that is. The imprint, mm -hmm. or that has created the imprint, wants to perpetuate. Mm -hmm. Its energy source is the body, mm -hmm. emotions, and so forth. So, so as it. Yeah, finds its source, and I'm speculating. This almost yeah, sounds yeah. like well, this is we're top not going to mind right now, in. but it almost sounds like I'm thinking of a parasite right now uh -huh. in some ways, right? Like a parasite goes into the body, and it wants to latch on and kind of propagate there because there's an energy source. Yeah, there. Mm -hmm. yeah, very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that, that I don't know that that question just popped up, so I had that's to a, ask. That's a good question, and when I get an opportunity to ask that question, I will as yeah. well. That's a cool. good. Uh, so I guess where I would like to start this full-on conversation, exploration of your, your journey with energy medicine is um, how did you get turned on to this and how did you decide to pursue it? It's weird. I, I, I don't, I really don't know. Um, you may have even been there um, on a retreat and Terry, you know, Terry, mm -hmm. he started asking me about Alberto Viodo and he's like, have you read any of his books? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think so. I've heard his name. I'm kind of familiar. Not really familiar. And he, Terry, had all these questions for me that our lineage, my lineage in the plant medicine world <clears throat> is mestizo. So that means it's mixed indigenous with uh, European in Peru. Right? Mm -hmm. So because of that, there has been some of the indigenous things kind of have been dropped by the wayside, things like working with the four directions. And uh, there's a, a less emphasis on Pachamama. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that they're not there, it's just less emphasis. And so in the conversation with Terry, I was like, yeah, we don't really do that in our lineage, um, you know, which is ironic because Growing up as a kid, I grew up on the Rosebud Indian Reservation, which is Lakota Sioux, and I learned about the directions and 
and Mother Earth and Great Spirit and all this stuff directly from medicine men there. And and then later in life, uh, kind of dropped that as I was uh, in, in teenage years. And then later in life, got into to shamanism. But again, mestizo shamanism, which is less less emphasis on, on this sort of thing. And it was through that conversation with Terry that had me kind of spark something. I mean, I'm like, mm. hey, wait a second, I'm missing this this other part of shamanism. And so I went out and got one of his, Alberto Viodo's books, started reading it. And one of the big things that stood out to me was he explained how um, there's a medicine wheel. Mm. And the medicine wheel is the four directions. You know, in this in this uh, program, or in this cosmology, I should say, um, start in the south, west, north, east. And so the south is the serpent, which is very much the, the archetype of the serpent, which is very much things are as they seem. They are just just very dry into the fact that as it appears, right? Mm-hmm. Then as you move to the West, you have Jaguar or Otorongo, which is the um, more things aren't exactly as they're seen. There's something deeper, something behind the scenes, more um, you know, emotional, psychological. Mm-hmm. Shadowy, perhaps. Shadowy, perhaps. Yes, yeah. definitely. And not being afraid to go into the shadow. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then um, and you go up to Hummingbird, which is above all of that and seeing the opportunities mm. and then you go to the east which is eagle and that's just pure energy just pure spirit mm. so <clears throat> these directions correlate with the types of shamans that are out there mm. so in peru where this all uh, is is stemming from and, and again every every lineage tradition what have you will have different ways of looking at but essentially saying the same thing in the south which is things are as they are and it's very physical the shamans that worked in the south the serpent level bone setters mm-hmm. herbalists mm-hmm. you know very simple take this and mm-hmm. you'll feel better yeah. <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. going to adjust this and <laughs> you'll heal um so in western medicine it mm-hmm. is very much uh, that way they're 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 not looking much further than that mm-hmm. uh, when you're going to see a MD. And then as you head to the West, you have shaman who are working with, say, plant medicine, which is looking more in the shadow, looking at the emotions in the in the uh, in the, the psychology. And so in the in the West, again, that'd be psychologists. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the North, you you have shamans who are more looking at the destiny what's what's the possibility out there mm. what's what's in the future what 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 can what can happen mm-hmm. what uh, and there's a multitude of opportunities and how do we track to the best possibility mm. and then as you go to the east that's eagle do we have any uh, corollary for that, that in, the, in the West? I can't think of one. Yeah. Yeah. Visionary? I mean, that's I think, not even... You know who comes up for me because I've been reading a lot of his work lately is Thomas Berry. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like kind of an anthropologist historian who mm-hmm. fairly like deep on that and looking into the future. But I would say it, that's not a... One pre- dude. Fairly rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 
And I don't know that anyone would work one on one. And is there, else, yeah. in indigenous cultures, like, is there even a, who, who would that be like a shaman, but just as specializes more in that? Yeah, yeah. and um, and then you have far over, well, far over uh, on the east, you have eagle condor, which is just pure energy. It's just mm. all spirit. It's just everything is fine. Mm. So. Fioldo talked about how shamans would progress, start progressing that started at the serpent level, and they would then they go to jaguar, and then they go to hummingbird, and the you know the ultimate goal is to get to eagle because it's a progression, and you just build on each one. Although what will happen is one will get I want to say stuck, but they just they're like happy. I'm happy being a bone setter. Yeah, I'm happy being an herbalist. And they just get really good at that le level or that that part of the medicine wheel. I recognize, oh, my training thus far has been up through Jaguar. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit into to Hummingbird. And I was like, ooh, I, I kind of want to go, go further. <laughs> you want to achieve <laughs> because, that eagle? Yeah. <laughs> even, even, even prior to understanding concept of medicine wheel, I had always – We, we'd put forth when working with plant medicine that we were really going to focus on people's awakening, mm -hmm. like going you know, and, and spiritual development versus healing as part of that, definitely, without question. But that – so we weren't working with people who were in it, working with addiction mm -hmm. or P, some PTSD, definitely some uh, tr uh, depression and that sort of thing, but – We were kind of just even before we heard of the medicine wheel or this particular medicine wheel, um, we were kind of aiming in mm -hmm. that direction of, of people waking and, and getting on their spiritual path. Yeah. And I remember, I think, was it, I can't remember if uh, I heard this from you when you were talking about this, but this idea that like your, your bigger, like what you were aspiring to do in your, in your work was more reminding people of their connection to spirit or creating exactly. a space where people can remember that they are part of the divine yep. and that the healing would almost happen as a consequence of that because exactly. there is no way to not heal when you realize you're an aspect of the divine. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm wondering as you share this and you notice, you know, like coming into contact with Vioto's ideas and this kind of realization about like where your training was, were you seeing limitations show up in your work about Or, or like maybe areas of frustration where when you saw Viola's work, it kind of shed some light on that. And could you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it actually showed up in my own, mm. my own life. It's like, look, I've done 12 to 1500 ayahuasca ceremonies. I've done. You told us that about two years ago, so I think it might be more. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped counting after a while. Yeah, and I just, I'm just being. You've drank a lot of ayahuasca. Yeah. I've done a lot of shamanic dietas, mm -hmm. um, and I still had patterns that I was uh, was aware of, and had been working on through therapy, through ayahuasca, through dietas, through meditation, yada yada yada, and they just kept coming back and I'm like fuck and I recognized that the, the ayahuasca work was not the the and I saw it in my teachers too there were mm -hmm. patterns in my in my teachers down in the jungle I don't know how aware they were of their patterns um, but I could it's always easier to see other yeah. people's patterns <laughs> um, and so when I read this book about the medicine wheel and then I started recognizing 
my own patterns, or I'd been aware of my own patterns for a while. Um, and just reading about the work, I was like, whoa. And his stories of the healings that happened, I was like, is this possible? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and I was actually, and you all know this, I was quite skeptical because I, up to this point, I was like, how can it, anything be really effective unless you're imbibing something or you're doing some sort of like talking about it, you know, through talk therapy or yeah. what have you. And so I was super, super skeptical. And this is where spirit came in and kept pushing me towards this, this training program. I, mm. I read a couple of his books. I took some of his like cheaper programs that were couple hundred bucks or something like yeah. that and and just to see what it was like and i en enjoyed those and i could they were i don't even remember what they are now but but i was testing it out going okay is, is does this does this work so to speak yeah or do i notice something and i did and i, I set up a um, a call with what do you call them not a counselor but you know when you're thinking about taking a program you yeah. talk to somebody yeah um i forget what that term is but so I had that conversation and it's expensive. I mean, his, his programs are anywhere from depending on how you take it. Um, I, I took the online course, which again was like, how's this going to work out? Mm -hmm. The reason I took, reason I took the online course was the Joshua tree course was unsure because of COVID. They had, mm -hmm. uh, and so they're like, yeah, we're not sure we're going to have that. And I was unsure about traveling because of vaccines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'll do the online course, which I am so happy I did that. Mm. Um, because one, totally effective, mm. shockingly so. Two, it was spread out over six months. So I had a lot of chance to practice with my practice partners mm. and both give and receive because otherwise, the on, the in person program is how long? Twenty eight days, dude. That's like that's back to back to back. Yeah. You don't have any chance to just like pause and integrate, and then you just have to come back into uh, the world. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the, that's one of the benefits of I feel like the online programs versus yeah. the in person is it gives you more time versus yeah. the intensive in person. Yeah, yeah. The, the risk, the more time, but the risk being that if you don't have someone standing, you have to have a lot of discipline yeah. um, to actually do it. Because totally. if you don't have someone standing over you going, okay, time to practice, yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> there's a good chance you won't. But I really, you know, I spent a big chunk of money. I mean, it was, was it 10000 And then mm. in person, I think they run eleven, And then you got to pay your food and lodging on top. Mm. They got to get wow. up to 15000 bucks. But I imagine there's another benefit to doing it online, particularly in your case, is that, you got to see if it worked from a distance, right? Yeah, like that's, virtually. that was a shocking thing. Yeah. So crazy. Um, I think it was the second call. You, know, you had these Zoom calls. And the teachers, they were doing uh, the part of the program, which is what you're really paying for, <laughs> I think. You, you're, you're, you're paying for the protocols. But the most important thing is Ooh. this connection to the lineage and you're being you're initiated. going through initiations mm -hmm. and rites. And so the first rites, they were installing archetypes into each one of my chakras. So I'm lying there, Zoom's on, got my earphones on, and she's like, okay, I'm going to blow serpent into your first chakra. And I'm like, holy shit, I felt that. <laughs> 
and then <laughs> all the way up. And I was like, oh my God. And she is where in the world? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just blown away. And it just continued. All the my practice partners were uh, in in Canada. We would just do them on Zoom. And the amount of healing I received from my practice partners thousands of miles away i was just oh, oh, oh my god i mm. all all i have not ever had an illumination done or any of the the the, the sessions done on me in person to date i'm looking forward to it <laughs> um i've done plenty for for people uh in person uh but again it's just shocking so, mm. so what do you make of that because we've kind of we've been able to watch your journey from when you started this. And I remember you being fair, like fairly skeptical at the beginning. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then as the program went on, it was like, no, this is working. Bam. And so what do you make of that, that you could feel something ha like something powerful happen when she's installing archetypes in your chakra and everything you've experienced since? Yeah. Cause I know you were skeptical about it. Yeah. Well, it's this, it's this thing <laughs> that, it's the number one thing as a shaman one needs to figure out, hmm. realize, embody, and fully surrender to and connect to. And that is we are in a field, an energetic field, and you can set up the space that you're in as the shaman such that you are fully it's almost like it's stepping into another dim dimension of sorts, yeah. Yeah. wherein time or space, distance, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And it, that he talks about this like that's the shamanic thing is to get into the field mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and get out of the separation mm. place that we are in our day to day lives. And the more we get into the field, the the more times we do that, the the more effective we are. The more, and frankly. It can it can start to bleed into the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I know you're a big student of Buddhism, and I wonder how this tracks with concepts like like the non-dual and in, in, in unity that that Buddhists talk about. I, I wonder if you make any connections there with with what Vyoto's talking about through this lineage. Yeah, absolutely. The only it, it's it's just a different view and, and intention mm -hmm. would be my. And I would say that in the Vildo approach is articulating the protocols. Well, it, it, it's a different approach, right? So in, in Buddhism, you're just focused inward on yourself and noticing how you're the non-dual nature of things and how we are all interconnected and da, 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 versus actively practicing getting into the field, opening things up such that spirit can work through you mm -hmm. at a distance. It's the best I can do. Yeah. <laughs> is a, a lane of exploration that comes to mind right now for me is it sounds like it was really powerful for you to realize that it could be super uh, effective and real at a distance. Mm -hmm. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of your shamanic work had been in person, in person. not only in person, but also like taking in, a, a a medicine or something mm -hmm. external like that kind of puts you in the state. Yep. I would imagine that would be quite a a, a big like awakening, a revelation that yeah. this can be different. And I would love to hear 
maybe your process with that, integrating that new reality of like, oh, wow, I can be this way too. Mm -hmm. And then also how that informs your work now, like how that has shifted maybe your approach to this work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was quite a like, whoa, this is just just by receiving the rights, going through the initiations and doing the protocols and having a s strong intention. I was able to work with somebody hundreds of miles away and see outcomes mm -hmm. after. So the, the session is one thing and that, that doesn't matter. But what happens when they go out in the world? And I see these out, check in with them a week later and be like, hey, how does that, have you really, how did that pattern come up for you? And they'll be like, yeah, I got triggered, but it's not, I don't, I don't, it's not there anymore. Mm. <clears throat> to see that as I'm doing it, I'm not really, I'm kind of questioning the process the whole time. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's, yeah. I, I was it's less ask though you now. About that, <clears throat> yeah. The way I can relate to this in my own experience recently has been we actually did a, a sound healing training mm -hmm. with with you guys. Uh -huh. And that's an area where I, I felt like a little, it's a little esoteric, oh, that yeah. sound healing, right, with Dr. <laughs> Paul Hubbard. Let's just put it that way. And it's been very interesting and valuable. And the few times I've done sound healings, I've also felt kind of that way as I'm doing it. Like, I don't know if this is working. Yeah. And I've actually had incredible responses to it, which yep. has been kind of surprising. And and I was going to ask you, like, what has been your internal experience when you're when when you're doing these? Because we've gone through them sometimes, and like, yeah, what is that? What is that experience for you? Um, as you're as you're, we're going to get into it in a minute. Like, what as you're doing an illumination or some of these things, do you feel you are tapped into different realms or? Or is it fairly normal? Or <laughs> yeah, and this is you know, this will be different for each practitioner slash shaman, however you want to call them. <clears throat> so for me, in the beginning, in the really early beginning, I was surprised to see um, to actually see stuff mm. as I was working on people, mm. but it was very bottom line. Very bottom line, it wasn't very fireworky. It was just like, yep, here's the chakra. It's dirty. Mm -hmm. Do this to clean it out, which is part of the protocol. Oh, now it's clean. Okay, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Oh, okay. Um, there wasn't a lot of story around it. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I would get like a, oh, yeah, this person needs to really speak up for what they want mm -hmm. kind of message. But no, like... Oh, this happened in a past life, and I saw, you know, yeah. I saw the, yeah. <laughs> I saw you on a big plane with the horses and nothing. <laughs> yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I, you, you laugh, but I no, have, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so my, I don't know, it, it's kind of my personality too. I'm very, yeah. very bottom line. I don't just, I want something that works. I don't really care Down about the, to earth. But I have practice partners who are fantastic at like this woman Kira she'll be like oh yeah this is from this past life here and da, 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 da. she'll have all these this information which is with her it's very relevant mm -hmm. and it just seems like she's amazing with it and I've also worked with practitioners who have a bunch of story that I'm kind of like okay that's nice but it's yeah. not really relevant I don't yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know if it's worth I, I'm I don't remember a lot of the story so 
we'll see if this is worth going down or not. But I, I think it was with a feather, and it was with your practitioner. And I don't know if this is ringing any bells, but I think she like found a feather on her side, and there's like an extraordinary connection oh, that yes. you had. And oh. I wonder if maybe you could share that story as an example of some of the things that happened. Yeah. So this was um, a soul retrieval. Actually, and this is actually towards the end of the training. So the, the, the first thing that we really learn, the first protocol, we, the foundational protocols of the illumination, which you referred to, towards the end of the program, we learned about doing a soul retrieval, which includes a, a illumination before one journeys down to the underworld on behalf of the client or the, the participant. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing the soul retrieval and a part of the soul retrieval, we can get into this more in depth, but part of the soul retrieval is going into what's called the chamber of treasures and finding a medicine gift. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and it can, I've, I've found things like menorahs. I've found things like feathers. I've found yeah. things like mala beads. I've found toys, all these things. That, so it's specifically for that person that mm -hmm. I'm working on <clears throat> and I bring it back. So, I think this was like my first or second soul retrieval ever. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I come back and I start telling her about my experience down in the underworld, which is more detailed. But when it comes to the, <clears throat> the gift, I'm like, yeah, I found a peacock feather. And she gets up from her desk because we're on Zoom. And she go goes, walks away, comes back. You mean like this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my other practice partner, which is my second soul retrieval, I went down and I found a, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a black wing. It's not like a crow or anything. It's uh, smaller than a crow. And she gets up. She goes to the, somewhere in her office space, grabs the exact, I literally I was like, oh, because a peacock feather is a peacock. Ooh, feather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this was exactly what I saw. Wow. And I was like, yeah, that's it right there. I, I'm loving hearing about this a bit more because, you know, as, as you said, bottom line, down to earth, like there's an aspect of you that's like kind of like eh, tangible true, mm. like things. And it's kind of interesting to hear you go through, to hear your journey as you journey through the program and the training and how it's working on you too. And I think I, I feel like we've explored a little bit how that's impacted your practice because mm -hmm. it seems like it's also maybe i don't know if challenged some beliefs or changed some of the ways you perceive maybe your work even yeah. or yeah like is that does that you mean, feel right you mean the plant medicine one? yeah yeah oh definitely i mean it's it's one like i said i had all these patterns even though i <laughs> that remained even though i had done all this ayahuasca and what i realized is this work allows us to really zero in on an issue mm -hmm. and clear it. Mm -hmm. I can't do that in ayahuasca. I can now when I, when I bring in this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, my experience with my teachers and all that sort of thing in, in the jungles, I never saw them work this way. Like very, so it's, it's all, all yeah. kind of like, hey, come up with your own intention you know, and, you know, yeah, the intention can be answered or resolved, or maybe it's something else that you receive that's connected to that intention. And we're kind of 
letting ayahuasca figure things out, which ayahuasca does a wonderful job. Yeah. And my sense now is that if it's an imprint, it's mm-hmm. not going to do it. You yeah. Do an illumination, or I, I'm not saying that illumination is the only way to deal with imprints, yeah. but it's the only way I know. So, I'd like to hear this. What you just said brings up a question of like, did that change your relationship to ayahuasca at all? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it had me go through a period of questioning. I was that. That's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah, and um, resolved recently, mm. completely. I mean. Um, do you want to hear a crazy story? Yes. Of course. We always, <laughs> yeah. especially on the podcast. That's what God. we're fishing for. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about being possessed. Uh, <laughs> Sounds great. Let's go. So one of the things that we do with the, the Four Winds Society, the, the energy medicine, is um, we'll occasionally come across entities being attached to people. Mm-hmm. And what these entities do they kind of hide out in the background, and then they get triggered, usually in a negative way. It'd be cool to have an entity that got triggered with joy. <laughs> be so cool. Can I have one of those entities, please? Uh, attach, attach, attach. Depends please. what it does when it's triggered, because yeah, you, yeah. you know. Uh, oh, assuming it's joy. But <laughs> anyway, um, and that entity will essentially take over the consciousness completely and you'll kind of go, you'll be aware of what you're doing, but you you pretty much lose control. And I have had two entities that I've discovered through the Vielda work. um, And I'm, in this case, talking about... uh, Okay, let me back up here. Most of the time, entities that attach to people are people close to them who have died. Mm. And were they had died unconsciously, like they'd been afraid when they died, and they hadn't. There was like they didn't finish the business. They didn't finish the business, and so they were afraid to die, mm-hmm. and they latch on mm. to um, to the closest, most open person that they can, and they just kind of hide out in the background. And um, I've had one of those. We can go into that if you want, but this is more interesting. <laughs> and my grandfather attached to me when he died. And that was the first entity I discovered, and that was a little over a year ago. Two weeks, three weeks ago, I started having or started noticing a pattern of like really negative thoughts and kind of wanting to quit the plant medicine work. And the negative thoughts were so bad that and I would start thinking about killing myself mm. to the point where... I was on my way to Austin. I was like, oh, I don't want to kill myself in the house because I don't want to cause problems in the house. I'll just go to this Airbnb or this Airbnb. And um, I wonder if they have a place I can hang. This is the interesting part. Hang myself, which is a terrible way to kill yourself. And I'd had this pattern for a long time, but I hadn't recognized it. It would pop up every every once in a while. And looking back at the, the pattern, as soon as I started planning my suicide like with the next day I would pop out of it and feel amazing Mm. and think that oh and that I think that's what kind of covered the pattern up was this when I popped out I felt great so I finally recognized it a couple weeks ago and I was having a session with my practice partner Kira I started explaining to her and she goes 
Yeah, hold on. I don't think that's you. <laughs> mm. And she tests me for an entity. And she's like, yep, you got an entity. And she went through the whole process. And she says, yeah, this entity was sent by a sorcerer in Peru. And it was a, a young girl, like 10 or 11, the spirit of a young girl, 10 or 11, who had killed herself by hanging. I did not tell Kira that I was thinking Whoa. about hanging myself. Oh, my God. Yeah. In a in addition, I, I pieced together, so in, in, in the jungles of Peru, the ayahuasca shamans and what are called brujos will fight energetically mm-hmm. all the time. And so what I pieced together is that a, a brujo, a sorcerer down in the jungle, had sent this spirit to try to stop me from doing the plant medicine work. And it had been hanging out for years and years and years and years. And it would come up. I'd like, I want to quit. I want to quit. Every mm. once in a while, i get really intent. So that was pretty crazy. Wow. <laughs> and that is, I would say, had contributed to my questioning about my work with ayahuasca. Totally. In addition to that, talking to Kira, she goes, who does a great job with past life, she's like, oh, the reason... This is kind of karmic debt because in previous lives you had cursed other people. Mm. And um, so I had been a shaman or a sorcerer myself and had put some curses. And she's like, you know, it wasn't like you were super evil or anything. It was just kind of the way things were done. Yeah. You know, everybody was cursing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, the protocol. It was just the thing. And that's exactly how even the curanderos, the healers mm-hmm. in the jungle will fight. So it's like, oh, I got hit. Well, I'm going to hit you back kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So once that entity was removed, and it was a pretty dramatic removal. I was like, well, <laughs> it was oh, nuts. Wow. The, my grandfather was super easy. <laughs> <laughs> In comparison. In comparison. Oh, my God. She, was, she, she explained this, this particular entity was just scared shitless, horrified. And I mean, I'm sure. I mean, if... It probably was terrifying for that entity because this this ten to twelve year old girl probably never even asked to be you know attached to you. She was kind of used as a weapon. It kind of, but like. but she was all. It's better for well, for these spirits. It's better to be in a body than just kind of wandering. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a source of food. Fair. And so yeah, I mean yeah. So is so when that released, I'm like oh. Fuck! Oh, this is all I want to do. This is this is the only work I want to do. Um, wow! Does that answer your question? It, it, <laughs> I, don't I know mean, what the it, question was. I don't. I yeah. I don't care yeah. what the question was. This was this was really powerful. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I I feel like that. First off, as a friend, I'm like, way to go for getting rid of that, dude. That's amazing. You know, it was crazy because it took me. And this is this is why. Some people want to, you know, they always wonder, can I just learn to do this to myself? Can I do illuminations mm. on myself? Can I, you know, rather than having, and it's like, not really. Yeah. You know, we, we, we all need someone else to do it. Yeah. You know, we can do a certain amount for ourselves, but yeah. really it's, 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 uh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about illuminations versus like there's we've been throwing around a couple of these words illumination soul retrieval and i know there's also some others um and i'm wondering if maybe could just to bring it so yeah just to outline it a little bit maybe give some people some understanding of 
of what you do, maybe starting with like an illumination yeah. and, and what, yeah, what the approach is there. Okay. So the first is the, the fundamental baseline protocol is the illumination. And what we do, and this is a skill in itself, is figuring out what is a pattern mm. that keeps coming back over and over again. So a pattern is when we react irrationally to a relatively benign event. Mm -hmm. The example I use all the time is one that I, a pattern I, I used to have. I have this nice, I still have the ability to go into a room and within 10 seconds, figuring out what's wrong with that room. Where's the dirty dish? Where's the misplaced item? What is not right in this room? Mm -hmm. The pattern, the imprint was getting really pissed off when I found that thing. And it wouldn't always, I wouldn't be like yelling and screaming or whatever. I just... I, internally. I, it was internally. And then if someone was in my general area, I would kind of, you know, just... <laughs> yeah, we, we've, never, we've never experienced that. I was going to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you'll be happy to know I don't do that anymore. Um, Way to go. Yeah. Um, although I fixed the thing that I'm fine. Um, yeah. And it's, it's totally fine to be a little, like, annoyed that this thing is out of place or someone didn't empty the dishwasher or whatever. But it is not appropriate, healthy for myself or other people to over, overreact. Mm -hmm. And so that is a pattern or an imprint. And so once we identify that thing, we can go into the illumination. I'll give another example. A very different pattern. I had this weird thing where I was on Facebook kind of getting sucked into those reels, those short films mm -hmm. or whatever, of pretty girls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is weird. I wasn't getting like sexually around. I was just like kind of an addiction. And I realized, oh, I'm objectifying women. This is like a, a thing that's probably been going on my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a that it's an irrational response to some sort of stimuli there's something that strikes me about how like this already seems very valuable and also very difficult and i also know from from doing this with you it's like you have to be fairly honest and vigilant uh, of yeah. your own patterns yeah. to be able to and then to bring something like that to yeah. to someone else to work on so exactly. there's like already that's pretty challenging I would, yeah yeah. yeah, and so I've, I I really like working with people who are involved with medicine work, people who have done therapy, mm -hmm. people who who are already kind of prime for this. You know, and it's a skill. Even in I've come up against some people who are less experienced there, and it, it just takes a little bit longer, kind of pulling out. It's essentially what's really frustrating in your life mm -hmm. now, and then dialing in. <clears throat> okay, so what's happening with that frustration what is it happening yeah. over and over and and really dying that in and those yeah. are by nature things that we really don't want to look at right or are fairly unconscious in yeah. some ways in some ways in a lot of ways and there is a breaking point and that's that's when they come mm. to people like me uh, yeah I, I feel yeah i was gonna say i feel like the people that this is ideal for i can i can picture that is like someone who's been doing a lot of self-work who's aware of so many of their patterns yeah. and, and they can literally tell you all of their patterns yeah. they can't stop them from Happen. taking over yeah. 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 yeah so the the illumination is around patterns exactly um illumination and 
extraction of entities mm -hmm. and sword retrievals. Mm. All are around because they're it. all based around the illumination. And um, but let's start with the illumination. Yes. <laughs> so once we identify the pattern, the key thing is with the pattern is <laughs> actually the the description of the pattern is totally, totally secondary to the feeling that is associated with the mm. pattern. Mm. When I get triggered, this feeling arises, and that's what we, we, we will need to evoke that feeling. Mm. And then, as strange as it sounds, I'm going to have you blow that, I'm going to have you go into that feeling and blow it three times into a stone. <laughs> and then I use that energy that is blown into the stone to feel I'll have the person lie down, and I'll figure out what's the access point. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, which chakra. Mm -hmm. We do not diagnose. Some people will be like, oh, you have emotional problems. It's your heart chakra. Mm -hmm. No. We are, we are taking that energy through the stone and using, in my case, um, you can use different protocols, but I use a pendulum. I'm letting spirit tell me how do I get at that imprint, that mm -hmm. pattern. And once I figure out what chakra it is, then there's uh, then what I'll do, and I'll just make it a short and quick explanation, otherwise it gets too detailed. But we'll, one, have you set an intention to release that pattern, release the energy associated with the pattern, and release any affinities for that pattern. Very important, the affinities, because the affinity for that pattern or energy will draw similar energy mm. to feed and perpetuate the 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 cycle. So mm -hmm. there Alberto Viola talks about if you and there are healers who do this, they will clear a pattern or an imprint, but they won't clear the affinity. Mm. So the person will have to come back. Mm. It's a very good business model. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so not a very uh, ethical one, <laughs> or you know, yeah. honest, honest one. Yeah, but maybe they're not even aware. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I would say happens with a lot of plant medicine work, right? Yeah. So we we clear energetically. We clear all those those things. We clear the imprint or the pattern itself. We clear the energy associated with the imprint, and then we clear any affinities associated with the imprint. In addition, as part of that session, we will check to see if there are any energetic cords to other people that is associated with that imprint. Mm. So in your in your case, Alistair, when we did yours, you had a cord connected to your mother. Now, that when we cut a cord, it's important to say that it just cuts the, the negative aspects. The love stays. The love is not part of that cord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is, I don't know if this is a good place to jump in. I can share a little bit more of that story and my experience as I've been reflecting on it. But I'd like to give you a chance to maybe to finish the, okay. the story of the yeah, illumination. I'll, I'll finish. Okay. So the, and then we'll also look for crystallized energies, which mm. um, are old. <laughs> it's hard to say. Old energies that that have kind of formed into energetic daggers or spears or what have you. Um, and, or we'll, the other thing that we'll find sometimes are um, feeding tubes. These are these are tubes, energetic tubes that are sucking the life force mm. out of people, and they're, they're they're sucking and they're feeding generally extra dimensional beings. Damn it! And it's crazy because I'll I'll be in the illumination. And I'll I'll check the pendulum. Like, hey, um, looks like there's a feeding tube here. Does this pattern feel like it's sucking your life force? And they're like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And so 
we go through and remove these, these mm-hmm. whether it be a crystallized energy, a cord, or imprint, or sometimes there's an entity, mm-hmm. um, which is rare but more common than you would think. Um, Do you ever have personal reaction or personal experiences with those entities other than like, oh, there's an entity here? Like, do you... You do you ever get a visual or some sort of energetic imprint from that entity? Because I'd imagine they don't want to go. Uh, well, let's get into that later. Okay. Because, okay. and I'll let you talk about your cord with your mom. But okay, but that essentially is the illumination mm-hmm. process, yeah. and we'll extract what we need to extract. Let's talk about your mom, and then yeah. we'll go to the yeah. So, know. so I, I've, my mom's a listener to this podcast. So first, I have to say I love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I was reflecting on this recently, partly for this podcast, cause we had done one and I was working on an energy, which it sounds like since then you would suggest actually, uh, maybe even honing in more, but not necessarily because you still released something. I'm so, just saying it's the, 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 the way it was described was very broad. Yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds like there may be different flavors of that same yeah, broad thing. There definitely are. Yeah. Um, so the energy that I came in working with it, the pattern was I'm not good enough. And so, and what we're saying is there's probably multiple areas. Flavors, yeah. yeah. Flavors of that and getting maybe more focused. We can remove those. Yeah. I particularly uh, remember that it was like, there was this, it was just not enough. And it was like, I'm not good enough, but there's, it was also, there is not enough. Like it was a, it yeah. Was a and it was coming up from this rash that if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I've been working through, um, since, since last year. So that was what was like the impulse for this. And, and that energy was coming up and we went through the illumination and then you would, uh, you, you would, found a cord and I think it had been I think it was connected to my sacral chakra or somewhere down here my it was belly on your belly button yeah I was in the room when this was happened. also happening in the medicine um still so it which was pretty amazing and I remember the cord cutting being pretty intense um I think there was like some cauterization or mm-hmm. burning that yeah yeah it was it was it was definitely I remember that being powerful but I hadn't thought about it too much since, but then I started reflecting on it and a couple of interesting things happened. One of them was like right after that period, I had actually stopped, stopped talking to my mom for, I think about it. I can't remember how long, three weeks or a month. I, I kind of let her know, Hey, I need some time on my own to work some things out. And when we came back, when, when the con- the conversation that followed up that period off, which happened right after you cut that cord was very interesting for a number of reasons, but one of the things that came up in that conversation was I was exploring some of the threads of that uh, I'm not enough with my mom and how it shows up in our relationship and just kind of trying to trace that back. And that's when she kind of shared something, you know, like I, I and it was something along the lines of I feel like um, we never celebrated some of your achievements as we probably should have when you were a child. And this partly had to do with because my brother had dyslexia. And so he was a little bit slower to learn at times. And um, so there was some consciousness about that and not, not, you know, not wanting to make him feel bad. And my mom was reflecting really candidly and, and um, it was very touching. And, and it took me, it was like, came out of left field. I'd never heard 
that, or even it never even really crossed my mind that, you know, I, I think that might be where some of this, that might be some of the contribution to that pattern mm-hmm. was this, uh, I, I, I'm not good enough. And that makes total sense to me. Um, but it was just, it stunned me a little bit um, because I'd not been on my radar and that just was kind of forthcoming. It kind of came out of that as well as some other pretty powerful things and I feel like since then, pretty effortlessly, like, there's been a bit of a shift in my relationship with my mom and, and, and how we communicate since. And it's only been kind of reflecting on the last couple of weeks, tracing it back. It's like, no, that really happened. That really started. All that happened after the illumination. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of crazy to see that. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. fairly Common comment. I remember still though that it. when we, I think it's been a while since him, since Alistair or I have gotten illuminations from you. And, uh, and I remember in, we were kind of the earlier test subject. Yeah. Quote, yeah unquote. We were definitely early on. And, uh, <laughs> and I just remember how like pumped you were to hear the news. And now it's like, it's fairly common. <laughs> I just saw oh, you've come such a long way with it. <laughs> Well, I, I've been exceptionally fortunate yeah. to have a large number of people willing to work with me. Like, mm. yeah. it's been, I don't even know how many, I maybe have done a couple hundred. Mm. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, let me, I, I, I've done a lot. Yeah. yeah, 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 in, yeah. In, a, in a very short period of time. You've also had the, I would imagine it could be an advantage um, of doing it in ceremony, ayahuasca ceremony, mm-hmm. or in the medicine. And my general experience with these kind of things is that ayahuasca often amplifies what is sometimes hard on. to see <laughs> or hard to experience. And so these things that can almost be like, feel like a leap of faith to believe in. Mm. Sometimes I'll have an experience with ayahuasca where it's like, ayahuasca shows it to me in a way that feels very experiential. And then it's like, okay, I have something. It's like more grounded in my actual experience. And I'm wondering if you found that to be true uh, with this work, like as you've been doing it in ceremony, if it's really kind of amplified things in a way where, where you've been able to see it in a way that maybe when you hadn't before. Oh, for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, (laughs) I actually prefer to do them outside of, ceremony because because it's a little distracting yeah um it's fun yeah um i can i can see that yeah i (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i want to say before i get too far the the outcomes of illuminations no different Mm. than (laughs) between in ceremony Mm -hmm. or out of ceremony what i found is those who do it in ceremony they have more of a why story. And like you said, a very much, it, it's just. It's like it's, there's more of a wow factor. Almost. There's a more of a wow factor. And um, and it also can help one kind of understand their energetic body more and also make the connections as to where the imprint or the pattern came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be helpful, but I would not say that one is more effective than the mm. other. Does it help you with your perspective of the work? No. No. Because it's, can get distracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to do. I was doing a soul retrieval. I think it was for. I think it was for Mike. Somebody, and I'm like trying to concentrate on the journey, which you'd think would be easier in ayahuasca to do a journey, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
<laughs> I was talking to the the gatekeeper of the underworld, and I'm like, dude, you're all practically, and this is confusing. He goes, yeah, you're on ayahuasca. <laughs> Get used to it. It's going to be a little weird here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was, and, and it, so there, at this point, I, again, I would prefer, if I had my choice, I would rather do them yeah. outside of ceremony. Mm. Although I, I see the benefit for the recipient mm-hmm. to do it inside. Mm. Yeah. yeah, for my if I'm being selfish. Mm. Yeah, 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 and and I can I can I can see both sides for sure. Yeah, yeah. Talk to us about the other. So the, the illumination is kind of the base thing, so that you always do that the, regardless of like where you're going. If you end up doing a soul retrieval, or exactly, yeah, okay, exactly, something or an entity you, removal. Yeah. Something you didn't mention in the illumination that I, I don't know if I missed or if if I if you didn't mention it, but like I think once everything's cleared at the oh, end, you like oh. illuminate. Right. Yeah, Sorry. that's yeah. why the name. <laughs> Alfred was so eager to talk about his story that we just uh, wrapped up before, yeah, but yeah, sure. yeah. So after we've cleared the energy or the imprint, the the which is also the pattern, the energy associated with it, and the affinity, whatever chakra was the access point, we. I reach up to my eighth chakra above my head, grab a big ball of beautiful, bright, divine light, bring it right down, big handful right down into the chakra, fill up the chakra complete with white. And it's not necessarily white. It's pure divine light. Pure divine light. Fill up the chakra. Do another handful. It's going to fill up the central channel and all the chakras. Then do another handful of filling up the entire body. And this is something that I've noticed is that that part, whether one is in the medicine or not in the medicine, that's the most dramatic part for people. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to just share because I'm going to share this and then we'll, we'll go, we'll go back to the, the different kind of work you, you, you can do with this. But the, the story on my side of this illumination that Alistair received from you was I was, the ceremony was over. Yeah. I was in bed, the room under where we did ceremony. Uh-huh. I was not really in the medicine. I was kind mm. of ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the medicine just like kicked back in hardcore. Uh. And it was kind of hard to be in a room so far away from, you know, the ceremony. It was it was hard to be far away from the ceremony space. And I was just like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back up. It's okay. Yeah. I drag myself up. And that's when I realized Alistair's in the middle of his illumination. Uh. And I arrived when you, when you said, oh, there's a cord. It's on your belly button, and uh, it's with your. It, and you were like, "Any idea who this is? Who this is with?" And Alistair's like, "Oh, my mom." And I just remember on the point of the illumination, why I remembered to bring it up and ask, like, you know, because it's part of the process. Is I just remember being in the room and and kind of being in the ch- child's pose, just integrating the intensity of it, and hearing you say, "Like I'm reaching above, and I'm just grabbing." pure divine light and you filling his body with pure divine light and my consciousness being flooded by the pure divine light that was emanating from him and it was almost unbearable to be in the same room (laughs) and at the same time i could not not be in the same room oh wow and so it was cool to also experience it obviously because him and i are you know married connected all the things and so it was really cool to also see that as Oh, this is what happens uh-huh. because I've also experienced illuminations in the medicine, and it's 
Yeah. It was helpful. And I also feel like these days I would probably be happy to do them outside yeah. of the medicine just yeah. because it can feel like a lot. And yeah. I'm I'm kind of in a resting and recuperating mode in my life right now. But yeah, I just wanted to name that because it was so, it, he was poor, like med, like white light was pouring out of his entire body as yeah. you were doing that. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's, um, I decided with the, this work one can't okay let's let's assume someone's doing an receiving an illumination outside of the medicine one can have like kind of just a relaxing nothing happened experience yeah. to oh my god i was taken back to my childhood in the kitchen with my mom and this dramatic event and i got to recontextualize the whole thing and in this whole story I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I don't mean to say I don't care about the person or whatever. It's just the experience one has during the illumination, provided it's not traumatic. Yeah. Um, it's not important. What I care about is what happens mm -hmm. out in life, which you know, Alistair did a great job in talking about his yeah. his mother and the relationship there. And that's that's what's so cool is like, you know, uh, Michael mm -hmm. consistently. I do a session with him. And it finished, like, how's that? And you'd be like, meh, it's okay. And then <laughs> next, it takes him 24 hours. And the next day he goes, oh, my God, the illumination. It's totally getting So, you know, that's what I care about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it's whereas like with 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 plant medicine and ayahuasca, it's oftentimes a lot of focus on the experience itself. So if, yeah. if one is coming to this work thinking that they're going to have a huge experience, maybe, 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 maybe not. Yeah, I, I generally have most of my the ones that I receive are pretty mundane. Yeah, um, yeah. always nice, but nothing. nothing yeah, nothing to write home about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it never hurts to be illuminated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How can that be a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So any I talk about the soul retrievals and like all the other kind of branches that this can go into, because you will always start again. The illumination is the base of everything, but you will always start with a few illuminations with one person. Right. Like if you were to work with someone, what does that look like? What kind okay. of packages are we talking about? Like, maybe yeah, that's a good so sequence. I, I started and I'm going to change this by the time this is out. I started offering like you can do a one off. And I make it, I make dis, disincentivize a person by saying, you can do one off for 175. Mm -hmm. Or you can do a series of five illuminations in a soul retrieval for $888, mm -hmm. which it works out to be a big discount off the 175. Mm -hmm. Basic incentivization. <laughs> um, I also have this other package um, where you do 12, I want to say 11, 11 illuminations and then a soul retrieval. And I'm going to, pull that because i've i found that i really like this five illuminations followed by a soul retrieval mm -hmm. and the reason that we that i do it in a package like that is one the person who's receiving the illuminations there because this is this is not me healing somebody this is a joint effort this is a journey this is a process mm -hmm. and so the client is learning how to work with this process they're also going deeper and deeper it's it's proverbial layers of the onion and so each session they're going deeper and deeper and deeper and we make this intention such that there's a soul retrieval at the end and what i've found consistently 
as they go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then, oh, my God, this last one's a big one. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's the soul retrieval. Mm -hmm. And um, at the same time, I'm keying in. I'm getting energetic alignment yeah. with with the client over those soul retrieval so I can do a better job. Yeah. That said, I, I mean, if someone put a gun to my head and said, do a soul retrieval on this person right now, I, I'm pretty confident I could do it. Yeah. Um, can you can you tell us about what a soul retrieval is? Okay. So soul retrieval would be doing the illumination process, doing any extractions that are necessary. Um, and then once that is done, go down. And this is, again, is based on the imprint that is put forth, the pattern that is put forth. Mm. Um, by the by, the client. So once the illumination is done, then I go down into what's called the lower world. And in shamanism, you have the lower world, which is kind of the collective unconscious or the unconscious. We have the middle world, which is where we are. Then we have various upper worlds, but then you have the big upper world, <laughs> which is where all the uh, enlightened beings and uh, angels, and angels and all that sort of thing are. And so we're working on this collective unconscious thing, this this pattern that we don't know what's up right um mm. we have the pattern but we don't know what the cause is and often well when we get to the soul retriever this is a big thing big pattern or deep pattern to the point where a piece of your soul has decided to leave mm. and it's gone down into the underworld and it's like i'm not i don't want to be there so i'm, I'm hiding out down here in the underworld mm. so i journey down to the underworld and I go to four chambers. Um, I meet up with a guide first, which is uh, Waskar. Uh, in e Egyptian um, cosmology, it's Anubis. Mm. Um, I guess Hades is the Greek one. I would say, yeah. Maybe. I think he's he's kind of the ruler. I don't know if he's the gatekeeper, Hades. Oh. But I mean, he, yeah. yeah I think there's like, the same. Similar, same, similar idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I meet up with uh, – I could journey down. I meet up with um, Waskar or Anubis, however you want to call him. And I say, hey, is this is a good time for a soul retrieval for this person. I'm down here for this person. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't happened to me yet, but it's possible for him to say, no, not today. Come back another day. Mm. But assuming, <clears throat> assuming that that's all a go, I ask him, can you please take me to the Chamber of Wounds? And uh, mm. he'll take me there and I'll, I'll see a scene. And it'll be some sort of trauma. Mm. Um, I've seen stuff from like the mining era. I've seen like the Victorian age and various various traumas. Mm -hmm. um, I can't come up with a story because well, it's too much detail. Um, <laughs> so I'll figure out what happened. And it's usually past life. Oh, interesting. And then... I'll ask to go to the Chamber of Contracts, which is Chamber of Contracts is interesting. This is when we have these traumas, we'll oftentimes make a contract with God or with spirit, however you want to call it, um, that is poorly written. Like I wrote a contract that read, if I don't do it right, someone's going to die. Mm -hmm. That's going to impact that contract that I made with spirit is going to impact my life. It was appropriate for the time <laughs> yeah. the context but it's going to impact my reaction to things later in subsequent lives so I, I go into the chamber of contracts and figure out what is the soul contract that was written mm. here and, and it's, they're always really shitty contracts <laughs> <laughs> um, so figure that out and then I go to the chamber of grace and this is where the soul part is mm. and this is this is the 
the, the happy young girl or happy little boy or even strong, confident warrior that was traumatized. And he's like, I'm, or they're like, I'm out and I'm mm. going to hang out. And, and I find that, that soul part. And I ask the soul part, all right, are you ready to come back? Mm-hmm. And I have not gotten a no yet. That's possible. Mm-hmm. If, usually if there's a, if there's a no, it's the, the soul part will be like, I need this, the client to change a, B, and C in their life. Once they do that, then we should do this again. Got it, got it. <laughs> um, sometimes they'll be like, yes, I'm ready to come back, but the client needs to change A, B, and C. Mm. So they're willing to come back, just un- just their conditions around mm-hmm. it. And then sometimes it's like, I've been waiting. Mm. To come For, back. Centuries. For centuries. For centuries. <laughs> um, so once the, then I say, okay, cool, let's come with me. And we're going to go to the – then I go to the chamber of – Treasures, and that's where I find the medicine, medicine gifts, the feathers, the drums, the menorahs, whatever it is for that person. Mm-hmm. Find out what that is, grab that, and then on my way back, I'm taking all these this information and all these things. Um, I also call for a power animal, mm. and um, once the power animal shows itself, and I make sure it's it's the power because sometimes there are a couple animals show up, and I'll be like, are you? <laughs> You're just trying to come in and you're not the... No, get and out of here. It's important to note that Waskar or Anubis is always there mm. guiding me. So I, if I have any like question, I go, hey, is this correct? Mm. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really important to have that relationship with the, the Lord of the Underworld. Um, so get the power animal and then I will come back up and essentially blow or install the soul part in the appropriate chakra, the gift in the appropriate chakra, and the power animal in the appropriate chakra. Mm-hmm. Once that's done, we close, you know, we, we finish everything up, and uh, I will take, I'll have some notes I'll, so that I can explain to the, the client, well, what happened? What was the soul contract? Mm. What happened with the soul part if there are any conditions there explain about the gift and the power animal then we'll have a a kind of a discovery as to what those gifts what those soul parts what they're going to bring now that they've been installed um and that's a a fun process and then with the soul contract i have them write it or i I give it i give a whole write-up and then they take that and they have to find a new soul contract that is worded better. And then mm. there's a process for them on at home on their own. Once they've figured out a, a new, much better soul contract, they they burn or uh, remove the old soul contract and then install the new soul contract. And so I, I lay this all out okay. in, in the write-up. And that is a soul retrieval. Wow. It's pretty in-depth. Yeah, it takes two, two hours plus, you know, then there's the writing it up and all that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious, like... <clears throat> From your perspective, and going back to that, that's some uh, that kind of skepticism you had in the beginning. Like, I guess if I were signing up to train in a program like that, and I heard that that's what I would be learning how to do, I'd be like terrified that things weren't going to show up. Or I like, was. yeah, mm. yeah, I was so, completely terrified. I, I, for example, this, even though I've got really comfortable with the the illumination process pretty quickly i was like oh i could do yeah this is good mm-hmm. I, I, when it came to soul retrievals and journeying i was yeah. like 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think contracts. I can. <laughs> what? What if I go down there and nothing happens? <laughs> Have you had that happen? What does it reliably things show up? And yeah, and, and what's really interesting is I bring like I had someone I was working with. This has happened several times. I'll be like, the power animal is bobcat, and they're like, really? And then they're like, oh, I just saw a bobcat in the middle of my street. In downtown Dallas. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then they go home and they see a bobcat again. You know, um, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. just like too, or, you know, where it's like, hey, you, you have a, a, a peacock feather. Oh, you mean like this one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, stuff like that. I, I feel like um, so much of what you're saying. Well, for, first off, sounds absolutely fascinating as as someone who has received illuminations from you. And, and I mean, it's funny, like preparing for this, I've been I've received, I think, two or three illuminations for, from you at a very intense time of medicine work as mm-hmm. well. So I think it got just like drowned out and like what 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 is the thing that made the transformation happen for me? And it doesn't matter. Ultimately, no, it doesn't matter. But is that what you were going to say? Oh, I was also well, I was going to say, I was going to ask if you'd forgotten what they were, which is a very common thing, too. The illuminations? Yeah, like what, what yeah, was I Yeah, I cannot remember. No, I think the first one, the first, if there's three, the first two, I have no memory. But those, the, the last one I did, I just remembered. And I think it went, it happened during the Oak Dieta. And it was one where you were like, don't even tell me what we're working on. Just conjure the feeling and yeah. blow it into the stone, whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, that's kind of cool to not have to explain because I wasn't even sure how I would explain it. Right. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. I remember that it was something along the lines of food and having some foods that uh, I get addicted to. I eat them on repeat. They end up not working out or I eat them too much such that they make me sick. Mm-hmm. And then... I have to cut that food out and then restrict my, like it was this binging, uh, basically yeah. like my relationship with food in a nutshell, uh-huh. like, okay. in general. Yeah. And I had forgotten that this was the theme of it because since that, my relationship with food has completely I, transformed. And I can vouch for that. I've absolutely noticed it since then. Like yeah. you've, been totally different it's been it's crazy and it's also but i think why what was interesting about this one is that a week after that i did a dieta with lupuna blanca where i ended up fasting for five days and that also was super healing Uh for my food journey so i don't know that it you know whatever but that no it's become clear in preparation for this that oh no that illumination like something major changed and I can't remember if that was there was one where there was a cord as well, and I can't remember if it was that one or not. But ultimately, yeah, yeah, powerful that, stuff. <laughs> it's super, super common to forget what <laughs> the illumination was about that yeah. you'd had a couple, like a month or even a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, because that pattern is it's gone. gone. It's mm. gone. And this is ha- this is why it's sometimes hard for me to talk about in like a podcast format because I'm trying to think of examples yeah. and I've kind of nailed down a few and I just yeah. use them over and over because I've forgotten what I've worked on. Yeah. And this 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 happens with my people I work with. This happens with client or with my practice partners. Mm-hmm. It would be like, we've been doing all these illuminations. Do you remember the last one we did? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. 
<laughs> Which is a good sign. You know. It is. I feel like we're nearing the end. Okay. Probably. No, right? Do, do you feel complete? Do you feel like you've shared everything that was well, that there was to, to know share? About something about yeah, the, do you, let, let's let's go there because that sounds interesting. Okay, and, then, and then we can end the but like thing. Yeah, do oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you ever experience the entities that are attached to other people? And if so, how does like, that do they show speak up? To you? Yeah. Like yeah, um I've had a couple of dramatic ones where it's like, oh, yeah, there's definitely going through a process and they're like making weird noises and that sort of thing. And there's one that comes to mind with – because a lot of – okay, let me say most of the time the entity attachments are family members and they're just – in general, they're just – the entities are scared, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't want to come out. And what we do is we have this – Flawless. Have you seen my my extraction crystal? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah yes. It's, it's it's about I want to say five or six inches long and pure. It, it doesn't have any flaws in it at all. And what it is is um, it's a very attractive place for those entities to go to. It's like go to the light. It's this like, makes me think of Ghostbusters. Do you remember the, the <laughs> yeah, ghost some, traps they yeah, throw yeah, out yeah, and yeah, they all yeah, get sucked in there? Kind of <laughs> That's a good, good way it. to put it. And it's, it's, it's important that it's flawless because once they go in there, if it's flawless, it's very comfortable. Mm. And so what I do is uh, essentially coaxing it and saying, hey, it's okay. Come on mm. out. Come on out. And some are easier than others, but they, they start – the, the person, it'll, they'll hide out in the spine – and the person that I'm working with will be like, hey, do you feel it? Do you feel it? And they're like, yeah, it's moving here. It's moving there. And then it'll eventually come out into the crystal. And I pull the crystal away once it's complete. And I feel I just get – I don't see anything. I mean, I see things in the illumination process. But when it comes to the the um, extraction of entities, I can kind of – I feel it in my hands. Like when it hits the crystal, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. And then pull it out. And then, um, if possible, if the person if we're doing it in, in person versus over Zoom, um, I will take the person and we'll release that entity to the four directions and make. So what when we we have an entity mm. to work with, we don't just have one client; we have two clients. We need to take care of that entity. Mm. So when we re- we get it into the crystal, which is a comfortable place for it to hang out, then when we release it, it's done in a ceremonial way such that. And this is the important thing about the, the, the Violdo training program is as part of that program, we're connected. I'm connected now to a lineage, mm. thousands of years old. All those medicine men and women, women and men are there to help. Mm. And so they take that entity and take it to be healed mm. up in the celestial realms. And so we're not just throwing that entity out. Not throw them in the trash. Trash, no. We've yeah. we got to take care of that entity, too, yeah. in addition to the client. This is, I hate to say it this way, but this is, when one, one can read the Alberto Viola books, and he will describe the protocols for many of these things. Mm-hmm. But what when you do the training program, what you get are the initiations, and you get the connection and the support of the lineage that is... 3,000 years old and what that I don't know how many thousands of years but thousands of years old and what that means is all of those medicine women and men past, present and Mm -hmm. future Mm -hmm. have your back 
I was actually going to touch on that, so I'm really glad that you did, because it's, it you know, going back to this, like, you know, reading the protocol of the soul retrieval and getting ready to do your first one, being like, what if nothing happens? Mm. Or what if, you know, it's like, it sounds like what the program was, was a space of pure transmission, yeah. just back to back to back transmission. Yeah. And I've I've been reflecting on the idea of transmission recently, because I think it's when we don't really have a lot of understanding in the West, like it's, it's kind of yeah. hard to yeah. connect to. Mm-hmm. But what you just said is this is, I feel like it's like almost you, you enter the space of the training program and it is this like constant encoding yeah. of, of like past lineage and in all the, all the lineage through time from beginning to in the future, it's like encoded in your being yeah. such that when you show up, it's not just like you have a list of the protocol to follow. Right. That's part of it. But as you said, it's in the books too. Like, well, you know, you could. Well, yeah, exactly. And and to add on that, I will be in the middle of a session. And if I don't know what to do, I'll be like, hey, lineage, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I need to do? And I just wait. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten instructions and I have done some things that are out of the protocol. Yeah. Because I got told to do so. Yeah. And that's the lineage coming through. And this is listening. This is very much like plant medicine. In the plant medicine, I'm waiting for the medicine to tell me what Ikaro is saying, what to do in ceremony. Do I go over and help this person in this way or that way? And it's it's, so I feel like the plant medicine work really prepped me in a lot of ways for this, the Viola work. I used to, for there was a period of time where I'd be like, oh, everybody should do the Violdo thing. I'm like, now I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, not everybody, you know, um, it, or not in the sense that they can't do it, but in terms of how much value they'll get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can de- I can definitely relate to it with our own experience studying with you with plant medicine mm-hmm. is like you can feel the weight of that lineage, right? Like when when, as we learn medicine songs and as we, sing them in combo ceremonies or in, in ayahuasca ceremonies or when we're doing our own cacao ceremonies, you can feel that there's like there is a lineage, there's like there's a line mm-hmm. that you're kind of you're you're kind of participating in. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obvious. And I think that really studying with you guys is, is the first time where I've had such a visceral, real experience of a lineage like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um enough also you know, in my in my very limited experience of it, found it to be very powerful, and we see it too. We see what happens with people through that, and it's obvious that it's very humbling in a way because mm. it's like, oh, this is not me. Exactly. This, this yeah. is this yeah. is this is passed down, and 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 yeah, very powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's that's the other goal of of a quote unquote true shaman is. Stepping completely out of the way, being the mm-hmm. hollow bone and letting spirit work through you. Mm-hmm. And that's when really amazing stuff happens. If I'm trying to do something, I just get in the way. I'd love... Wait, what? You were going to say something else? Right? Go ahead. Okay. I, I was going to get in the journey of wrapping up. Uh, so was I. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, as before, before... Well, I would like to let you speak into the space of how people can find you to work oh, with you. Yeah, yeah. So my website is mymedicinejourney.com. 
And you find the most awesome websites. I know you always, you guys always have the best. You are the best domain names. So mymedicinejourney.com. Yeah, mymedicinejourney. And you have like you're gonna revamp some of it, but you have your you have packages. I've got packages. I've got videos. You can uh, one can set up a um, a discovery call, thirty minute uh, Mm. strategy discovery call um, would be the first step. And, you know, talk to me, see if you like me in person. Yeah. <laughs> and then also for me to determine if what's... Course of action. Course of action and also am I the right person? Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I have other uh, practitioners that I can refer one to. Um, maybe there's a different modality that would be more appropriate. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm, I have no interest in wasting anyone's time. Uh, and, and although we've experienced these in person with you, you can do all this work virtually online. Actually, most, I would say yeah. 95% of the work that I do with this work is online. Yeah. And um, it's fantastic for everybody because it's very, very convenient for the client and very convenient for myself. And it's, it's crazy effective. Yeah. Like I said, every all the work that I've received has been, including the extractions of those entities, has been mm-hmm. via Zoom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess this is kind of, this is where I really wanted to end. It, and and I, I feel conflicted because there's like two things. So maybe we do both. Maybe they're the same. But I want to know, you know, a year later, having done that much work on, like having received that much work, mm-hmm. that much energy medicine work by going through the training and continuing to work with your practice <laughs> partners and being... Yeah. It was also, I just want to name this before we end, having you as our teacher and watching you go through the process of being a student again has been incredibly humbling and made me love you even more. Oh, it's yeah, like, It's like, fuck, the guy's like crushing it on his feet in, in like what he's been doing. And he also is just stepping right into the student role and uh, modeling that for us. It's been really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, it's, it's fun. I was talking to my wife about what do I really like doing? What do I what do I do for fun? And it's like, oh, I go learn shit. Yeah, yeah, going and hanging out on a beach is fine for a day or two. Yeah, <laughs> a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, who I guess I guess I wanted to I wanted to ask maybe like some words of reflection on your on your journey having received so much work and and done maybe you know some of the healing that you felt like you couldn't quite get to with the plant medicine mm-hmm. alone. Absolutely. And and then and then I don't know how that ties into it, but I also want to know where you find yourself on the medicine wheel now. Ooh, since good that's question. That's where we started. Let me get back to that one. Yeah. So the first what was the first one? The first one was like how who are you a year later and after having received so much of that that medicine work that that energy medicine work that working on pieces that maybe yeah. you were so aware that you were kind of stuck with it yeah. through just a plant medicine well i mean there there's been a big change in relationships i mean this is all about relationships you know it's it's i, I feel like in in retrospect and maybe you disagree, and I, I hope you disagree, but I, I like the way I'm going to say it, which is you tolerated me a year ago. <laughs> a little more enjoyable to be around. But but it's, it's you know, the big one for me was releasing uh, patterns around anger. Mm. Um, that was gigantic. 
Um, and it took, you know, anger is a, I still get angry. Don't get me wrong. I cannot clear anyone's anger. And yeah. <laughs> anger is part of the human experience. It's kind of like not being enough. It's a very broad statement, mm-hmm. but I mm. pulled, it went through various flavors mm-hmm. of that. And so um, I feel like that was a, I, I, during the program, I think once I got 30% of the way through, I, to, I was telling people, yeah, if the program stopped right now, I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Um and then now, a year later, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't pay enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of what I could have paid in terms of therapy and all that sort of thing. And it still may not have worked out. Yeah. Uh, and then the the dissatisfaction of going, whoa, that person really did drop this, this mm. pattern that has been bothering them. Um, yeah, it feels, I just want to, from, from where I'm standing, it, it has felt like there's, I don't know, a lot more uh, suppleness in uh, your being. Uh. And and uh, I was on the point of, like, we tolerated you a year ago. I was gonna, I, I realized as you were saying that, I was like, oh, I just thought that he had been growing on me after all this time. But it turns <laughs> out he actually did a shit ton of work on himself to become awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your patience. <laughs> Hey, I, I always, I always enjoyed you. It's just uh, easier to relate. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, what was the second part? You said, oh, where, what part of the where medicine? Do you, yeah, where do you find yourself in the medicine? Oh, uh, well, that's a really good question. I think I'm creeping towards a hummingbird, mm. um, eagle. I, you know, eagle, condor. I think I got a way to go there. Yeah, um, maybe when you're ninety or something. Yeah, so I'm somewhere between jaguar and I. I just you know. If we can talk a little bit more, yeah. Uh, I just I t- just recently taken um, an advanced training course, um, shorter. It was only a month, and uh, we had a breakout session with some practitioners that I'd never met before, and they were doing what they call tracking. And one of them was like, "Yeah, you're kind of something. You're kind of around stuck in Jaguar for some reason. We don't. I don't know what that means." But you're kind of stuck with Jaguar. And then subsequent to that, I had my entity extracted, second entity extracted. And, um, yeah, it feels like something has shifted there. So Mm. maybe uh, it's it's always – I think it's going to be a process for a while. Mm. For sure. But thank you for putting me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a fun place to reflect. You don't have to have the answer. Yeah. well, any any last words that we might have? I'm not rushing anyone to finish. I was just, you know, feeling the program moving on. I have nothing other than this has been a joy, but I would like to give you a chance if there's anything you felt we haven't covered that you'd like to you'd like to share. Yeah, there's I could talk there's, there there are other things to talk about as it relates to this work. That are that we covered the the, the big yeah. points. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to thank you because I appreciate through these conversations on the podcast, but even more so in all the ways that we've gotten to experience and learn from you. Mm-hmm. The way you know, Julie Roxanne touched on it. I think we both felt very inspired by watching you become the student again and kind of that beginner's mindset. Mm-hmm. But also, I think just in general, how transparent you are with us and uh, with pretty much everyone I, I see around in sharing kind of your process. Um, I've always found that 
really valuable and just just really inspiring. And so I appreciate that. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. My pleasure. And yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Zach. Thank you for being here today with us. Likewise. That's it for today, Far Out People. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.